Hey everyone and welcome to season two of the podcast and this season will be a shorter one but a deep one all focused around our personal prayer life and how we can live a life of praying without ceasing and at the start of a year many of us are looking at our routines and our rhythms and where we would like to go deeper with God next year so this season is an equipping one exactly for that. I'm your host Aaron Planner and it is my prayer that this season is an invitation for you to go deeper in relationship with Jesus and in your personal prayer life. Hey everyone and welcome to episode three. Episode three is called Love, Love, Love. It's all about love and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about love in this episode. So in episode two, if you actually haven't already been there, please jump back and listen to episode one and two because they do build on one another. So stop this one, pause it, go back, grab the other other episodes first in season two. Um, but as we were saying in season two, episode two, we were actually talking about the way to grow in praying without ceasing, the way to uh, actually have a mind that is thinking and in dialogue with prayer. We quoted Henry Nowen that says the difference is not that prayer is thinking about other things, but that prayer is thinking in dialogue and in a conversation with God. So the way to actually get there is not to try harder to pray, but actually to fall more in love with Jesus. So in this episode, we're going to talk exactly about that. How do we lead a prayerful life, a life where we pray without ceasing? we fall more in love with Jesus. And I think the question that we can ask ourselves in this space is the question that Jesus asked Peter, the rock uh, of his church. And that question was, do you love me? Uh, Do you love me? And it sounds maybe like a silly question or a dumb question to ask. Um, And I wonder actually if Peter thought that too, is like, yes, of course, I love you, Jesus. Um, I've been, you know, following you for the last three years. I've given up so much. I've been persecuted and challenged and all the things. Um, But it it wasn't such a silly question. And I don't think it's a a silly question for us either. Um, In Jesus asking this to Peter, we actually see that love motivates us into action um, because the answer of Jesus was then look after my sheep. There was for every you know question, he, every time he asked him, do you love me? Then da, da, da. do you love me? Then da, 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 da. maybe jump back into that scripture and have a read again. Um, he could also totally use it as like an Ignatian meditation or as a uh, Lectio Divina as well. Um, but there was an action that Jesus gave to Peter that was birthed from love. It was birthed from love. If you love me, then. If you love me, then. And if you hear nothing else in this entire episode, I want you to hear this. All that we do for the Lord needs to be from love, not for love. It needs to be from love, not to work for God's love. You are so loved by God. You could not be more loved by God than you are right now if you never did anything else for the Lord for the rest of your life, he would still love you exactly as he loves you now. Um, We need to be the Mary before we are the Martha. Um, I think the natural byproduct of love, when you love the Lord your God, the first commandment, right? Like love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul leads actually to the commissioning, which is to go out and make disciples. Um, The love love the Lord your God um, 
then uh, activates in us a going out to make all disciples, but there is an order. We are we are the Mary before we are the Martha. Um, and this is true not just when we're talking about serving in church or evangelizing, but even in prayer. Um, all that we do in prayer needs to come from a place of love, not from works, not from a works mentality. Uh, and funny enough, when we um, when we answer that question with the help of the Holy Spirit, do you love me? Like the question, we, we actually allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the answer that is in our heart um, because he knows our heart actually better than we do. Um, we may find that there are areas of our heart where the Holy Spirit can help us fall more in love with Jesus. And this, my friend, is a game changer um, to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal Uh, in my heart, areas where my heart's full devotion and affection has been captivated by lesser loves has been a place where there is an invitation to fall more in love with Jesus. Um, Prayer that comes from a works mentality, from a need to, you know, if I don't pray, God won't love me or God will love me less or think of me less if I'm not praying for an hour a day or if this week I didn't pray, God's going to be upset or angry with me. No, he's not. He's just there. Um, absolutely delighted that you would come back and and just waiting for his beloved child to come back to him. I think so many times we shame ourselves in our prayer life of like, oh, I was great for like three weeks and then I fell off the bandwagon. Now God's so disappointed in me. No, he's not disappointed in you at all. He is just excited um, for the next time that you turn your heart and your affection towards him. So prayer that comes from a works mentality won't be sustainable. It won't. That's why we often fall off the bandwagon or we ha- we're great for eight weeks and then, you know, we get busy or we get distracted. Um, it won't be enjoyable. Prayer that comes from a works mentality is a slog. It's not enjoyable. Um, it won't produce an abundance of spiritual transformation because it's trying to work for love rather than work from love. Um, but prayer that is birthed from love, it's like a burning flame. It just, it just continues to light something deeper and deeper in our hearts. So. That's like, yeah, great, Erin. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing all of that. But actually, how do we fall more in love with Jesus? So I want to share three things that I felt the Holy Spirit has journeyed me through. I am definitely not saying that these three things are the only ways to fall in love with Jesus. I think there's probably a billion ways to fall in love with him Um as big and as absolutely incredible as the Lord is, that there would be so many ways um, to fall in love with him. But here are three that he has taken me through in my personal journey that I want to share with you. So number one is how do we fall more in love with Jesus? We behold him and see how madly in love he is with us. And as we do that, something of that love ignites a flame in our hearts. Um, there is something about looking at someone who loves you and actually loving them out of it. Um, I had this friend once I was reminded as I prepared this, but I had this friend once in primary school who was like, yeah, I don't love Jack. I don't even know if Jack, I can't remember if Jack was his name, but like, yeah, no, I don't love Jack. Jack, no, you know, I don't want him to be my boyfriend. I think we were like 12 or 10 at the time. I don't know. And then she found out that Jack liked her and she saw Jack liking her and then she really liked Jack. Um, And that's a very basic, I think, example, but there is something about looking at love 
and it igniting love in our hearts. I think similar, like a little baby, they they learn love. There's love ignited in their heart by looking at a mother or a father that is loving on them. So little babies, newborn babies, um, you know, look at the face. They search within hours. They search for a face and the beholding of that face that is loving back on them cultivates the love in their heart. Um, so yes, I think there is something, uh, that we not only, you know, we're wired as humans, I think like the, the example of the newborn as well as spiritually that as we behold Jesus and his love for us, that we actually fall more in love with him. Um, and sometimes we don't even realize like that is a revelation. The cool thing is that can keep, you know, becoming wider and deeper as we grow in him. The more I look at his eyes and see how loving and graceful he is towards me and merciful and just how much he adores us and how hungry he is to be with us and meet with us. Um, when I wake in the morning and he's like, oh, I've just been waiting for you to wake up so we can talk and I can be with you. Oh my gosh. Like there is something in your heart that just melts. So however you find to do that, sometimes, I mean, beholding Jesus, there are so many ways we can behold him through scripture. We can behold him through um, biblical meditation. We can behold him through worship. We can behold him in a bunch of ways, but finding the way that works for you to behold the love of Christ and to find the burning passion that he has for you as an individual in his eyes, to find that in his face when you behold him and to receive that into our hearts ignites uh, the flame of love in our hearts for him. Henry Nowen, who you will have heard me quote a billion times by now, he says this, I am deeply convinced that the necessity of prayer and to pray unceasingly is not as much based on our desire for God as on God's desire for us. It is God's passionate pursuit of us that calls us to prayer. And I feel like that even releases us from so much um, like trying to stir it up, trying to like, you know, trying to trying to whatever, trying ourselves into, pushing ourselves into, trying to be better, trying to stir up more love for God. It is literally by seeing how much God desires for us and his passionate pursuit of us that triggers a love and a pursuit for being with him. When we see how delighted he is in being with us and us just wanting to spend time with him, it makes us want to spend more time with him and to love him more. So that's number one. Uh, no, so that's an easy one. We don't need to try harder. We just need to stare at him and behold his love for us. Um, so there is no works mentality in that at all. Number two is areas of our heart's affections that have been sneakily captivated by other things to allow these areas to be consecrated um, to the Lord for his love. And we do this with the leading of the Holy Spirit because often we don't know what has captivated our heart's affection and uh, we need him to reveal those things and then for those areas to actually be filled with the love of God. Um, so when we are full of other things, um, we're not full of the Lord. Uh, and let me give you an example. So for me, um, and being a follower of Jesus in the Western world and living, uh, without like 
daily persecution in the way that perhaps believers and brothers and sisters in Christ in the Chinese underground church live. Um, I need to be aware that um, the areas of my heart that would lean towards control and comfort are not sneakily captivated by something other than Jesus, that I'm not getting comfort from things that are not him and that I am not lulling myself into a state of prayerlessness based on my perception of being in control of things in my life, which is just a perception because the only person who's really in control is the Lord. And I think COVID revealed that for a lot of people um, in the Western world where we do have a lot of decision-making power and a lot of agency. We can feel like we're in control and our hearts can sneakily be captivated and rest in um, comfort and rest in control. And I do find that when I feel comfortable and in control, I am less prayerful. Um, I don't know if anyone else is in the same boat, but I do. Um, so I need to have the Holy Spirit to continually keep me a check um, with these areas and to make sure that they haven't captivated um, areas of my heart that should be consecrated for the Lord. And if they are, then I just quickly repent. Like often there's bits and pieces that have been in those spaces captivated by like, oh, I love to feel in control of things and in control of the situation. And oh, I feel like I'm in control of next year. And I need to really consecrate those areas to the Lord and allow him to come and refill them. And then he becomes the one affection of my heart. He becomes truly the one devotion of my life um, as we continually lay these things down. Um, little side note on point two, I often find for these areas of comfort and control, but maybe there's also others, um, I find fasting a really helpful practice. Um, there's a lot of good teaching out there. You can look at, um, practicing the way by John Mark Cromer. They have some incredible fasting resources. Um, I find fasting really helpful for these kind of things. Um, especially for comfort and control because fasting takes us out of our comfort zone and we hate that. And I think that's part of the reason why we hate fasting. Um, and we, uh, are also giving up the control of our bodies and of our ability to provide to fill a need of hunger and we give that over to God and we give it over to him in uh in prayer. So yeah, just a side note, um it's almost like, you know, a prophetic act of of making myself deliberately uncomfortable and not in control of this area to allow God to consecrate areas of my heart and uh, fill himself with these areas where there has been comfort or there has been control. So if you are starting off the new year with fasting, yeah, totally, I would suggest um, have a look at John Mark Cromer's Practicing the Way Fasting Resource. It's a great um, guide. So number two and number three, last one, which is some areas of overlap with number two, but also I think is worth speaking uh, of separately. But this is to grow in hunger. I think a way to uh, grow in passionate love for Jesus is to grow in hunger for him. Um, and I want to say this, often we are more hungry than we realize. We just don't realize how hungry we are because we are satisfying ourselves with temporary things, lesser loves, the sugar fixes of life. Um, we sometimes hear a lot in church, like stir up your hunger, stir up your hunger. 
I don't, I find more um, allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to me where I am actually hungry and where I'm filling that hunger with something else is a much more effective way of becoming hungrier for the and and uh, be hung, becoming hungrier for the love of God uh, for Jesus Himself. So the more I hunger for Him, the more in love I am for Him with Him. If that makes sense. So I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. Um, so for example, sometimes if for example I'm grieving something. Um, I will find myself fulfilling the hunger of comfort where I'm really hungering for comfort in my grief. I will find myself uh, eating ice cream late at night while watching Netflix. Um, This is me. I have a hunger. It is for comfort. It's coming from grief. So instead of filling that with Jesus, I find myself filling that with ice cream and Netflix. Um, I don't have a hunger problem. I actually just I'm filling that with something else that is not the comfort and um, love of Jesus. Uh, or another thing, sometimes uh, I see people who or chat with amazing people who actually are just feeling quite isolated and alone. Um, and instead of feasting on the comfort of Jesus so that the hunger in their soul is companionship and relationship and comfort and friendship. And so instead of feasting on that, that Jesus offers in himself, we may find ourselves um, scrolling for hours on social media, or we may find ourselves playing hours and hours of video games at night, um, filling that hunger of relationship and comfort coming out of, I guess, the gap that we feel in loneliness Instead of filling that with him, we're filling that with something of this world. So I think we're actually more hungry for Jesus than we realize. Um, we just need to identify, and that comes with the help of the Holy Spirit, what the hungers are that we are experiencing so that, that they can be filled with him. I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, please feel free to reach out to me because um, I feel like this third point has been a really big game changer for me. Um, just actually understanding that the way I am built, the way that I'm wired is actually to hunger for God. Um, and it's not that I need to stir up hunger, but it's actually that the places of hunger in my heart just need to be f- exchanged f- with him instead of the things that I am filling them with. Um, and I would say that that's like a constant um, point of like reference in the Holy Spirit of like, okay, Holy Spirit, other areas, if I'm starting to feel like not super in love with the Lord, if my daily devotions feels more like, you know, drudgery than a joy, or I find myself slipping into prayerlessness, I'm like, okay, God, what, what am I feeling in my heart? What am I feeling hunger for that is not you? And just to make that exchange. So we're actually going to do that practice as an activation right now. So it's going to be a guided prayer. So maybe find yourself a comfortable space, or if you want to pause podcast here and come back when you're not driving or not dropping the kids at school or not doing the grocery shopping or whatever it is, um, do that. And we're going to do this as a guided meditation. So find yourself a comfortable place. Take three deep breaths in and out. You don't need to be doing anything in particular. You don't need to be in some better place with the Lord than you are right now. 
allow any expectation that you have of what this should look like or should feel like or should be just to fall away as you become so aware of the presence of God that is inside of you and all around you. John 6, verse 48 to 51 in the Passion Translation. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the true bread of heaven that can satisfy the deepest hunger we experience. The manna in the wilderness sustained the Israelites on their journey to the promised land, but it could not produce eternal life for the Israelites. The bread which Jesus offers us right now has the abundant, supernatural life of God which sustains us for all eternity and satisfies the deepest hunger of our soul while we are here on earth. This is good news for us. Let's meditate on this for a while. Sit still with your soul. What is it hungering for? What in the rush of the week or the last month or even perhaps the last year has it not had time to tell you it needs? Or maybe there has been a hungering rising during the week that you have not had the time to deal with. Sit still with your soul. What is it hungering for? Loneliness is a soul hungering to be known. Grief is a soul hungering for empathy and compassion and love. Apathy, a soul hungering for zeal. So allow these hungers to rise in your soul, whatever they may be. And as they do, you need not attribute any moral value to them at all. There is no right or wrong hunger. These are all just an indication of the type of bread that you can receive from him today to nourish your soul.
now receive the bread of life. As each hunger arises, receive the bread. Receive Jesus, who is the bread. You can do this in many different ways. You can find scripture or ask the Holy Spirit to recall to you scripture that is the bread you need and meditate on that. Read over it several times and wait upon the Lord for him to minister it to your soul. For example, if you are feeling lonely, Psalm 139.1 or Psalm 139.2. You can also receive the bread in the person of Jesus through visualization. Allow Jesus to be there and comfort your grieving. Where is he in the room? What look does he have upon his face as he looks at you in this moment? Meditate upon the words that he spoke in John 14, 27 to his disciples. Close your eyes and imagine him saying them to you. Hear the tone of his voice and the expression on his face and notice how your soul responds when it hears these words spoken. Put on a worship song that speaks to the hunger of your soul and allow the scripture to minister in song to your soul. Receive the bread of Jesus through scripture sung. There are many, many ways. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you define which one you need to receive the bread of life today. Let us pray. Jesus, you are the living bread which sustains me. Holy Spirit, help me hunger for the bread which comes from heaven and in receiving it find nourishment, strength and all my soul and spirit needs. Let the appetites for the things of this world fade away as I receive fresh today the bread of life that is Jesus. 